Hey folks, welcome back to the MedX Podcast. Today's guest is Charles Tang, founder and CEO of AP Technologies. AP Technologies is a contract manufacturing organization that specializes in technical extrusions and interventional catheters. Enjoy. Hey Charles, thanks for carving out some time to meet us on the MedX Podcast today. Thanks for having me, Steve. Great. Hey Charles, everybody loves uh, an entrepreneurial story. And I wanted to see if you could share yours with you. I just came off of uh, the MPP East event that we held, which was a huge success, uh, where we got a group of people together and had panel sessions. And I remember about 10 years ago meeting you for the first time. You were a recent graduate of Boston University, and I was holding a, a similar event, and you attended. And I remember speaking to you either in the inter intermission or after. And I say, well, hey, what did you think so far, Charles? And you're like, I don't know what anybody's talking about. <laughs> you're pretty <laughs> honest. Um, take, you know, fast forward 10 years later, um, have a, a you know very successful operation, extruding very technical extrusions, trial air, heat shrink tubing, balloon tubing, PTFE. Tell us a little bit about how you, you know, evolved over that 10 year period. Yeah. So first of all, I can't believe 10 years has gone by. It's actually been about 12 years since we first met. Um, so, you know, it was, it, it was very challenging in the beginning. Um, I think about 12 years ago, uh, we decided to get into medical tubing manufacturing, catheter manufacturing. Um, you know, we shortlisted healthcare and life sciences um, as an industry that we wanted to expand into and want to grow a business in. Um, so you know, right off the bat, you know, I was attending as many trade shows as I could, um, as many industry events as I could. And I met many highly knowledgeable people, including you, Steve. Um, and it's thanks to people like you that helped us to get up and running. Um, it wasn't easy in the beginning. So I think, you know, we started with one extrusion line, um, about five employees. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, the early days was really our team and myself included spending a lot of time in the clean room, you know, days and nights running really, really challenging stuff. Um, but that helped us to get good at extrusion and good at medical tubing. And so today we're about two sites, 250 employees, um, added many, many different capabilities, but, uh, the beginning was very challenging and we couldn't have done it without uh, a lot of the experts like yourself. Excellent. Talk a little bit about how you went from those original challenging extrusions to now even more technical extrusions, including PTFE liners, FEP heat shrink, or PET heat shrink tubing, trial air, and interventional catheters, right? So kind of taking the next step. Is that a case where you know, invest and build it and they will come? Or did you kind of have relationships with some really good customers that kind of said, hey, if you can bring on these additional capabilities, there's more opportunity for you? So when we first started the business, we identified IV catheter tubing as an area that was underserved in Asia. Um, huge growing volumes. Um, and although the price of the tubing was fairly low, uh, it was an extremely challenging product to make. Uh, which is a very nice barrier to entry to have. Um, so we started with this difficult extrusion. It really allowed us to cut our teeth in the medical tubing business. Um, and then from there, we've developed different types of tubing through different opportunities that we've come across. 
Um, I will say in the medical device field, uh, you generally need to have the capabilities before you get the opportunity. So it is a little bit of build it and they will come mm -hmm. versus, um, you know, trying to get an opportunity which you're not ready for. Um, about six years ago, we decided to integrate downstream into full catheter assemblies. Uh, this was a, a strategic decision on our part. We, we wanted to add more value to our existing customers um, and be able to build finished product um, from start to finish. Uh, it's a very natural progression for us because we're experts at extrusion um, and at the heart of every catheter is a precision medical tubing. Um, so in the last few years, we've added everything from braiding, coiling. I think we have 40 braider coilers now, uh, tip forming, flaring, shaping, over molding. We do catheter reflow, grinding, tons of mechanical processes. Um, and last year, we launched our first in-house uh, PTFE liner. Uh, and FEP heatering tubing. So I think um, today we're probably one of a very small number of companies that can build uh, a catheter from start to finish. Uh, we're fully integrated um, and the catheter delivery systems that we build are, are completely in-house. Excellent. The, uh, that growth and expansion has kind of happened organically. And I believe now you're you were involved with a, an acquisition or a merger of some kind of partnership. And in like the private equity market, we see, um, you know, bolt on capabilities where a company will acquire another organization, small or large to give them additional capabilities to go to market. And also the book of business that might come along with it. Now that you're part of a private equity, um, relationship do you envision some acquisitions in the future well you know we won't say no to to opportunities that come up but to be honest we're still a pretty small company um most of our focus is on growing organically so we want to keep pushing the limits um, and developing our capabilities and technology i think we're pretty good at you know building out and developing technology and capabilities ourselves um, there are plenty of good opportunities for a supplier like us to grow. So as long as we continue to provide excellent service, great quality, um, I think I think organic growth is, is still our focus. Okay, great. I know that you go to a lot of trade shows. We were just talking about you. Uh, you're in Europe now getting ready for Compamed. And uh, you, you ship products globally. If you can kind of give us a snapshot, where do you see the most activity right now globally? North America is, you know, always going to be the center of the universe for, for medical device. Um, that being said, uh, the fastest growing markets in the world are actually in Asia. So two markets in particular, China and India, they'll have a CAGR of about 10% for the next few years. Hmm. Uh, just to give you an idea of the potential of these markets. So, uh, the cardiovascular guide catheter demand in, in Turkey, you know, a country with 90 million people, is about 600,000 units per year. Uh, compare that to India, which has about 15 times the population and uses about half the number of guide catheters that Turkey does. Hmm. So it's a huge opportunity for medical device manufacturers, um, especially in the disposable catheter space. Um, if we look at China, one in five adults um, have coronary vascular disease. China also has one of the fastest growing aging populations in the world. 
So with this increase in chronic disease, um, you know, it leads to a higher demand uh, for minimally invasive devices. Um, and I think that uh, these two markets represent the fastest growing opportunities uh, in the world today. Interesting. Let's talk a little bit about scalability. You kind of mentioned, look, you're, you're still a small company, but you know, at some point you're scaling to production for your customers. And in, in my experience in North America, you know, the, the companies, the contract manufacturers, extrusion operations, when they bring a product from development to VNV to, to production, if it's a high volume product or, or assembly, sub-assembly, you might nearshore it to somewhere fairly local like Mexico, a border town, or we've seen a tremendous growth in Costa Rica, right? Talk, us, talk to us a little bit about and share how you scale in, in Asia and if you kind of look at the similarities or maybe no similarities between uh, the two locations. Yeah, well, you know, the, the nice thing about medical device is that the products are fairly small, so it's easy to ship anywhere in the world. Um, I think geographically and logistically, things are easy. Um, we're a manufacturer based in Asia, so we have manufacturing in Singapore and in China. Um, and there are in inherent advantages for large scale manufacturing in Asia. Um, supply chains in Asia are really second to none, right? Mm -hmm. um, for example, if we needed an overmold tooling uh, for a new hub design, we could get it turned around you know, with 12 different companies uh, in a matter of two weeks at a fraction of the cost of you know, a comparable supplier anywhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. We also have a very large and flexible workforce. So labor costs are significantly lower in our part of the world. Um, and we're able to add capacity for surge demand. Uh, this is really important. We've had several projects with customers where they didn't have very accurate forecasts. You know, they didn't know how their new product was going to take off. And for us, it was never a problem to scale. We were able to add capacity, add labor, and that alleviates a huge problem for, for customers that are launching new products. Hey, if it didn't do well, um, that's okay. You know, we, we're, we're still going to help them. But if they did have a product that was really hot on the market, we could help them to capitalize on that opportunity um, because of our flexible workforce. Um, the culture in Asia is still very much manufacturing oriented. So this allows us to hire the best and the brightest talents, um, engineers, technicians. Uh, they're still very interested in growing their careers in manufacturing. And in particular, med tech con contract manufacturers. Oh, that's excellent. Um, you, you talked a little bit about supply chain and the strength of supply chain. I was mentioning how we had the MPP East this week. And um, Tim Steele of Microspec, you might have heard of Tim Steele. Yep. We're, we're talking about the, the real challenges with some of the Lubrizol polyurethanes, Ticoflex, Ticothane, Carbothane, and he gave an example. He was kind enough to give an example. He, he has an open PO that's a year out that he hasn't received the, the polyurethane. And that represent, he said, a million dollar annual customer that he hasn't be able, been able to fulfill. So that's a big deal. Um, and then, you know, some of the other comments from some of the other folks there from Foster and Compounding Solutions talked about how things have kind of settled 
with supply chain, except kind of these outliers that are really bad. How are you seeing supply chain for materials and components? Yeah, so safety stocking is key, right? So any product that you have in production, we need to be stocking that uh, heavily. So our inventory levels are up for key key materials. Um, in the past, you know, we'd be looking at just-in-time solutions, and that's really taken a backseat today. Mm -hmm. um, being in medical, we just can't afford to have any supply shortages. Uh, we're, we're building life-saving devices, so we need to be well-stocked, ready to meet the demand. Um, we've had issues in the past with, with components that we were previously buying, uh, for example, PTFE liners, mm -hmm. um, FDP heat treat tubing. It was really unfortunate um, because we actually had to shut our clean room down for about four months. We weren't able to build product because we couldn't get PTFE liners and FDP heat shrink tubing in. Um, so now that we're making our own PTFE liners, uh, now that we're able to make our own FDP heat shrink tubing, uh, it alleviates some of that, that pressure. But we also want to help other companies resolve their supply chain issues. So um, I'm a big believer that device companies should not be single sourced. We, we don't want to be their single supplier, but you know, at the same time, they shouldn't be overly reliant on one single supplier. Um, so we're doing our best to help companies that are looking to diversify their supply chains uh, to transition to a second source. It's expensive to, to revalidate a new supplier, mm -hmm. uh, takes a lot of time, resources. Uh, so we try to make that process easy for them um, and, uh, and and give them, you know, some incentives to, to, to switch and, and be able to bring on that that second source excellent you talked about you kind of transitioning from a just-in-time model and um, re and stocking and, and you know we know in med tech you know it's really important to get involved early right in the design and development phase to get your foot in the door and provide solutions and um how do you how do you approach that from a from a quick turn extrusion component standpoint. I know I think you can talk a little bit, maybe I think you have a partnership with Chamfer now, right? Talk a little bit about how you support the early stage devices and applications. Chamfer is a great program. Uh, we just onboarded with them and we've put uh, a large number of SKUs uh, of PTFE liner on their online store. Um, device engineers need to be able to iterate and design new devices fast. When PTFE liners had lead times of 12 to 24 months, we had a bunch of feedback that is just impossible to build next generation product. We need to help companies to, to, to be able to move faster. So we stock a, a large number of PTFE liners and FEP heat shrink tubing sizes. Um, and the goal for that is to almost have an off-the-shelf solution for engineers who are looking to build new catheters. And, and the size ranges that we have are, are, are pretty diverse, you know, anything from micro catheter sizes all the way to larger, larger devices. So uh, we work with them on, on, on keeping a, a healthy stocking level, uh, ready to ship stock. And we're also able to turn around uh, custom extrusions. So there, are, you know, not every supplier is willing to do, um, you know, quick turnaround, small lot runs. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to focus more on the on the large volume, uh, large value 
products, which which makes sense. We're running a continuous process. Um, it's more lucrative to to run continuously for for weeks at a time. But we recognize that you know that's not how medical companies always work. Med device companies always work. Uh, often the products that engineers are making and companies are making are uh, high mix, low volume. So mm -hmm. we need to be able to 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 accommodate for that, and we can turn around products for you know many of our customers uh, in two to four weeks for critical extrusions. Excellent, excellent. You talked a little bit about some of the larger product sizes, maybe in the FEP heat shrink and liners, and we see a lot of growth in structural heart applications that usually are you know twenty four French or just larger in, in ID. Um, are you talk to us a little bit about the high end of what you're doing in the heat shrink and the, the liners the high end size range? Yeah. So for structural hard applications, uh, they use larger, you know, 15, 20, 24 French, um, liners and FEP heat shrink tubing. Um, we are currently more focused on smaller sizes. So on the micro catheter sizes mm -hmm. or, or the standard delivery system sizes, you know, six to ten French yeah. size range um, in the next six months we will be adding capacity to address demand for structural heart applications so we'll be running larger size PTFE liners we'll be running larger size FEP heat shrink tubing and we already have the capability to to make larger sizes uh, with our extrusions we have uh, close to 15 thermoplastic extruders uh, so we can run all the different sizes for those applications Okay. Excellent. Charles, thanks so, so much for joining us today. It was a really good conversation, really enlightening about, you know, how you're going about business in, uh, in Asia and in, in globally in general. So I think it was very interesting. So thanks so much. Thank you, Steve. As always, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Okay. Thank you for listening to MedEx, the medical extrusion podcast presented by U.S. Extruders. Please subscribe to make sure you're getting the latest episodes. For video episodes, go to us-extruders.com forward slash podcasts. All links are available in the show notes.